0: Welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peak and Ted Tate.
1: Well, today is the start of March Madness. It is my favorite time. Of the year. I love college basketball. And at the People of Packaging podcast, we are doing some cool stuff. So, number one, we are a proud supporter of the Packaging Tips newsletter. And if you go to www.packaging.tips, we are having a contest over there. So, if you put in your email address and the company either that you work for, or you could put the People of Packaging podcast, uh, the winning organization at the end of this is going to get $250. Donated to the charity of their choice. I hope that the People of Packaging podcast win and then we can donate to my favorite charity in goal India. So head on over to packaging.tips and get your daily five minute newsletter. Also, this season has been sponsored by Doxalent. Doxalent is doing incredible work with packaging specification management software. So if you're sick of all of those spreadsheets and smart sheets and Whatever bed sheets, I don't know. <laughs> Any of these sheets, right? Emails and PDFs and specs all over the place. You gotta go to peopleofpackaging.com and get your free ebook to level up your packaging specification management. Well, we are gonna get into this uh, interview with dekshita Sridhar. You are gonna be just fascinated by her journey. In the packaging industry, she is currently at RIT, where she is the Sustainability Committee Chairwoman in Student Government. She's getting her master's degree in packaging science. She's been in India. She's worked for Unilever and Cummins, and she's got a great story. So I'm super stoked to kick off uh, March Madness Week uh, talking with Dee. And then on Thursday, we've got another student, a current student at Michigan State University. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. Let's get to this episode. With D. Sridhar. All right. Well, I am here on the People of Packaging podcast with Dekshita Sridhar. Did I say that correctly?
0: You did, yes.
1: Okay. And you go by D. Is that is that right?
0: It is, yes.
1: Awesome. Uh, well, uh, D is up at uh, Rochester Institute of Technology, a great university. Uh, you're actually the first student, um, active student that we've had on the podcast, which is, which is fun and exciting. So, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. You're the sustainability chairwoman at RIT. Uh, it looks like you've done some work for companies already throughout uh, your your young career at Unilever and Cummins, and um, been in the U.S. for uh, three years now. Correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Awesome. And uh, where did you move here from? So I moved here from Mumbai, India. Nice. And uh, when we were talking earlier, you grew up in uh, in Chennai, right down in. Uh, uh, is it? Uh, shoot, what's the state? I uh, know. I know. Tamil I know... Nadu. Yeah. Tamil Nadu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you speak. So, do you speak Telugu? Uh,
0: I don't speak Telugu. I speak Tamil because. Oh, Tamil. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah that's right. So Telugu then is up is that in Andhra Pradesh then? Yes, that's in Andhra Pradesh,
0: right?
1: Got it. Got it. Um And well,
0: I was born in Chennai.
1: Yeah, no that's that's awesome. I uh uh have you been back there uh, to Chennai uh You know, I know that you you moved up to Mumbai, and for those of you who are maybe like how I used to be before I went to India, India is a very large country. Just so everybody's aware, Mm -hmm. Uh, do were you able to go back to Chennai much?
0: I used to every time I had a vacation or a break when I was back in school and college, I used to visit my grandparents in Chennai. But after that, I never visited Chennai.
1: Okay, did you um, did you study so? Uh, you studied packaging for your undergrad in Mumbai, is that correct?
0: That's right. I studied printing and packaging for my undergrad from SIES in Mumbai, yes.
1: Okay, cool. And uh, so before we get into uh, some packaging stuff and what's it like to be a student and, you know, during all of the, the, the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, um, what is the what do you think is the biggest difference between South Indian cuisine and North Indian cuisine, Uh, aside from different spices. Is there you can just tell me, is one better than the other?
0: Adam, you've opened a new debate by itself. Talking about South Indian food and North Indian food is going to take up a whole year. We can have a separate discussion. (laughs)
1: That's a whole other podcast.
0: Yeah, that's a whole other podcast, you know, talking about South Indian and North Indian (laughs) People and food, but there is a lot of differences. Uh, starting with we speak different languages. Sure. We also worship different gods. Got it. We also eat different kinds of food. Even yep. though we are a major population of India is Hindus and they don't eat meat. There are a lot of parts where they you cook food with different ingredients and different spices all together. South Indian food is known for, you know, idli, dosa, because rice is one of the main crop that grows in the southern parts of India. And I have been brought up, even though I was born in Chennai, I was brought up in Mumbai and I actually grew up like a North Indian. So I might be biased towards a North Indian food in North Indian state, so.
1: Got it, got it.
0: Uh, if you ask me, I cannot tell the differences because I'm biased.
1: Yep, yeah uh it, it's funny because i'll get a lot of questions when i ask in so i live in utah and mm. um you know we'll go out to eat we we eat a lot of uh of indian food in our home and i'll go out to order and i'll say are are you based like is it is it more north indian or south indian and they're kind of like oh you know you know that there's <laughs> there's a difference because for most americans to be honest it's just you know indian food right like it's you and and there there's not really maybe a realization of the different. I'm say, not saying all Americans, obviously, but um, for a lot of Americans, I think it's just it's just kind of lumped together. But you know, every sort of cuisine is going to have its own regional. You know, even in in the U.S., like our we argue over barbecue. Like, who has better mm-hmm. barbecue? You know, Kansas City or Memphis or Texas or I don't know who else would be in there. Um, but anyway, that's that's a. It's it's always a fun conversation. Um, have you been have you been able to go back since you came here three years ago?
0: I did visit India twice. Okay, yes, I did. And uh, just to answer your earlier question, uh, I just could think of one uh, unique thing about India is you know if you have three Indians, one from North India, one from South India, and one from different part of India, the three might not speak the same language because India has so many different languages. So many. And- I know one of my colleagues at Comments told me that, you know, why don't two Indians talk the same language? Why are they talking in English? Because, you know, they don't speak the same language. So that was a funny thing that I could think of.
1: Now, isn't it true that um, that even like Hindi, which is, uh, you know, is, is supposed to be spoken uh, all over the country, but even that I was told is it can be totally different. You can learn Hindi... And and not understand what somebody else is saying to you. Who's speaking who who speaking, what they were taught was Hindi. I don't know. It was it's it is a fascinating culture. Uh, if you if anyone listening, if you get a chance to go uh, to any part of India, um, I've been to North and South India. Um, if you get a chance to go, I say go and jump in and experience everything. Um, uh, my family, I I uh, I've taken my wife and our two oldest kids, uh, so we have five kids. So but we're trying to get all of our children over there at some point in time, which is, which is fun and exciting. Um,
0: that's a great thing. Next time, if you come visit India, please do come home. My parents will be more than happy to host you and your wife.
1: Oh, nice. That's great. Thank you. I'll, I'll probably take you up on that. We love, um, you know, we, we, when we go to, to Andhra Pradesh, we stay, uh, with some friends there as well. So thank you. That's, that's awesome. Um, so let's talk about uh, what are you studying at RIT? And um, let's just start there. What's what's kind of your area of focus right now in, in education?
0: So I am currently a packaging science master's student at RIT. I, this is a two year graduate course. I did my undergraduation back in India in printing and packaging. And that's what I'm doing in RIT. I'm in my last semester. I'm going to graduate in May 2021.
1: Congrats! Uh, do you have any any uh, jobs? I know you've I know you've worked for some big companies. Do you have anything kind of lined up and ready to go, or are you just going to graduate and then figure out what's next?
0: Uh, I'm actually kind of looking for jobs right now, so whatever comes my way.
1: Okay, well, hopefully somebody's listening and they're like, "That's who we need. We need uh, somebody with a background in not only printing um, and packaging." And also in sustainability, uh, I would, I would hope that you would, you would land a job pretty quickly. So, um, I'll, I'll certainly help out where I can. Um, what does it mean to be the sustainability chairwoman? Uh, what are, what does that mean for you at RIT? Uh, what are, is, is that a new thing? Has it been around for a while? Talk to me about that role.
0: Mm-hmm. So RIT has a student governing body, which is called the student government.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: for the people, by the people, the similar thing for students, where students student can raise in their concerns and talk about preference, and then we help them be more sustainable. For example, if students want more plant-based options in their menus, we try to figure out a way that we get some more plant-based options. Options in the menu. If students want to learn more about recycling and educate themselves, because many people don't know the difference between pet, you know, corrugated board, craft, and different materials. So we do help educate them on different materials. And currently I live in Monroe County. The Monroe County recycling guide is like 300 pages and nobody actually wants to sit down and read it. So they're looking for a quick fix. Hey, can you help me quickly? You know, give me just one poster, which tells me which I can recycle and whatnot. So it's been there for a long time at RIT. Okay, And RIT has been doing that. So that's where I help students, help them with all your sustainable questions and needs.
1: Very good. So on the education piece, I mean, obviously you're, you're in school and you're helping to educate probably both educators and students, uh, on issues of recycling and sustainability, uh, because you're in the packaging industry also, what is, what do you think is one of the bigger challenges, um, around education for recycling? Um, you can speak to just your area or you can speak in broad terms.
0: Uh, I could just give you an example, you know, when somebody came up to me and said, you know, I can recycle my orange pet bottle because it's contaminated, it has orange juice. So that's a stigma that people have that if my bottle or my craft pizza box is contaminated, I cannot recycle it. So that's where education plays a very important role. And many people don't even know that packaging have recycling numbers starting from one to seven. Right that that is also an education piece so you'll start baby steps just telling them you can wash out your pet bottle and toss it in recycling then you have a question of oh should i wash my bottle i'm still wasting water which comes under the education piece so you can actually empty your bottle get all the juices outside because some recycling stations have cleaning methodologies, they clean the bottles before recycling. So these are so many things that people currently don't know and that's where the education piece comes in for educators and sometimes they end up tossing most of the bottles in landfill rather than recycling because the recycling is completely filled. They don't have any other way out.
1: Hmm. So
0: there are so many questions, so many preconceived notions about recycling, you know, which needs to be broken.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you think um, that in the in the United States uh, specifically, because that's where the majority of the people who are listening to the podcast are residing, um, do you see any value um, to sort of broad based recycling um, policy reform to simplify the process? I, I mean even as you're saying, you know, well, some, you said, well, some places will clean it. That implies that others won't. And who's going to, I don't really know many people who are going to take the time to do that. So have you thought about that or when you're interacting with students, um, you know, your fellow students and also a, you're also a teaching assistant, correct?
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah.
1: So while you're interacting with students that you help teach or also uh, you know, students that you are governing as a sustainability person um, and just kind of your fellow students, what's sort of the general sense around an appetite for maybe some government regulations and protocols around uh, something like recycling or sustainability?
0: That's a very good question, Adam, because every time we think about, you know, how do we make our packaging more sustainable? We should have thought it at the first step, the designing step. Again, how do we make people recycle more or teach them? It should actually be a policy you should give them some incentive and educate them to do that. Like we did discuss it with students. For example, we buy these plastic bottles, and we pay a deposit on them while we buy them. In New York State, we pay a deposit on them, so it's an incentive for people to recycle to get their deposit back.
1: Interesting. Same thing in,
0: same thing in India, for example. Like this was in the U.S., New York State. Back in India, if you you know collect different plastic bags and give it back to the shop, they would like give you an incentive or a 10% discount based on their shop. So I think worldwide there are different, you know, rules and regulations, but I really feel there should be a policy which starts from that talking about the New York state single-use plastic ban. Now, every grocery store we go, we take our reusable bags or buy reusable bags. That comes in from a policy change. We banned it. And that's why people cannot use single-use plastic bags. And I really, really agree with your question. And I feel that this change should be affected in a policy. And that's why when we talk to students, you know, how do we incentivize people to recycle? Like have a coupon that, you know, would make them happy. If you recycle our Tetra pack, we would give you a coupon to buy a free Ben & Jerry's ice cream, something like that. But these are ideas that we talk at a retail level, but we should talk of ideas from an entire state perspective or an entire world perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the... The climate crisis is is not doesn't doesn't care where you know it's it it's not it it impacts everybody in the whole in the whole planet i mean it's not it's not just like regionalized like if if the if the worst case happens we're all doomed you know like there's no well i saw there's there's no planet b somebody put that out there i was like oh that's cute Uh, but it's true um Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean having uh the term might be called like global, like global and local um, you know, okay. means around which you can you can do some of these things, I think becomes really, uh, really important. Um, how involved do you get in uh in projects from an education level around something like um I don't know, do you guys do anything with like life cycle analysis uh for sustainable packaging? Um you know, what meaning is... So I'll give you an example because I, I put up a post on LinkedIn once and I said, I can tell you what's wrong with every sustainable piece of packaging that's out there. I could give you something that's wrong with it. So I've heard this argument before. You brought up single-use plastic bags in New York. So I've heard the argument that the the carbon impact of um, of woven fabric bags... Versus the carbon impact of a thin LLDPE single use bag, which can now be, you know, recycled. It's really upcycled it through an in-store recycling program that if you look at the carbon impact, the reusable bags have a significantly higher carbon impact. I've never done the study and I've never seen the study. So I'm just curious, would you get involved in a study like that and say, well, at RIT, we're going to go ahead and take a look at that in our packaging program. Would that be something that you would look at?
0: Uh Adam, now you are talking my language. <laughs> I have been using LCA software since the last three years.
1: Oh, great. Okay. I've been
0: trialing Kayak, Eco Impact. Oh, I've been trying trialing Package I've been trialing PK, I've, uh, I've worked with SEMA Pro and Gabby. And these were the LCA software that we use at school. And that is something I did at Commons as an co-op. So you your question is very correct. That's like a reusable bag has more impact. But one thing we don't take into consideration is the number of uses. That's the functional unit. That's extremely important when you use a product. I'm using one reusable bag 100 times and one single-use plastic one time. 100 versus one. That ratio is something that, you know, we have to consider to actually find out the end-to-end CO2 impact. The greenhouse mm-hmm. gas emission of that particular bag so that's a very good question and a correct question and we do things like that at RIT we actually uh, there's a class called packaging for marketing packaging for end use where we actually measure the environmental impacts of our current laundry bottles current dish soap and current packages and we try to ma- implement and make design changes and learn from them? And how do we design for sustainability at RIP?
1: That's great. Um, it, it, that's cool. That's a class. Uh, I part of me really wishes I would have gone to school for packaging. Um, I'm like the school of hard knocks in packaging. I guess uh, <laughs> I've been I've been in the industry now for about 14 years, and it's been. I still feel like. I, I don't know much. It's part of the reason I love doing the podcast. I get to talk with people smarter than me and learn things, which is fantastic. So um, uh, when, when you are looking at um, sort of the next steps for your journey in packaging, what gets you excited? Uh, is it an industry? Is it a material? you know, is it, what's, what's something when you're looking at your career, because you're about to embark on this career that you're like, if, if I could do this for the rest of my life, that would be one of the most exciting things I could think of.
0: That's a very fun question. I actually have been thinking about it. I'm like, what would excite me in the packaging industry, I'm a very visual person. If you show me a very creative packaging and which is sustainable, sold, I don't know what product inside I would buy that packaging. And like I, I've been studying about packaging for the last six years, four, grad, four years under graduation, six year, uh, two years graduation, total six. And every time I learn about something, a new material comes up. Uh, We didn't talk about biopolymers while I was in my undergraduation. We didn't talk about other materials. The main materials we discussed about was plastic, glass, and metal. Nowadays, we see metal in such few applications. Now, people are talking about, you know, PCR content. It's come up and so many new packaging material is coming up. So I'm really excited to see a packaging material that is self-sustainable, that can degrade itself. It's not an oxy biodegradable material, self degradable material. It could be the lightest weight. It could weigh 0.0001 pounds and it could give you the maximum strength.
1: That sounds awesome.
0: um, Magical material, but I'm still waiting to see it or maybe invent it.
1: Yeah, there's a book. um, Do I have it back here? I do, it's right behind me. It's a book called Loon Shots by Safi Bacall and um highly recommend it and he talks about these companies who have you read it before i've not okay would be- um and and he talks in that book about all these companies that you know took these big swings and 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 actually um what's interesting is he he talks about the development of mRNA in there which is that development is what allowed us to create a COVID vaccine in the U S so rapidly was using uh, mes- I think it's messenger RNA. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, it's, it is, a but it's things like that, you know, like asking the question, well, why not? Why can't we, and then wrestling that to the ground. And then that's, that's really the, the genesis of innovation, right. Is, is not, is we need people like yourself who are saying, yeah, this is what like we're here. We're low. And, and I want to be way up here and just spending your whole career potentially, even if you only get halfway there, but setting the building blocks up for other people to come along. And, you know, what's the phrase? I only I only stood so tall because I could I could only see so far because I stood on the shoulders of giants. Right. Being that giant who then allows, you know, even the next person to do it. Um, so that's that's a great it's a great goal uh, it's a great vision for sure um let's let's hang out here on because you are the first packaging student we've had on the podcast active student uh what has it been like to go five years or well, four years in india in your undergrad then you come to the u.s and you spend what a year at rit or 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 sometime at rit and then the pandemic hits What's that been like for you as not only uh, an international student in in the U.S., but also just as a as a packaging student to have to shift and move and adjust? What's What's it been like for you on the college campus?
0: Uh, to start with, yes, you are right. I came to RIT for a year. Everything was in person, and that was one of the incentive and motivation for. I think every international student who comes to RIT is to get to use the labs, get to use the innovative centers, actually learn and design something, print it out, make a mock-up in Konsberg and you know test it and do everything. That's an actual experience every international student wants. And once the pandemic hit, we could not actually do that. School went online. We actually could not design or do something, even though RIT did a great job. The Science Department did a great job in making everything remote, making us access the lab whenever we need, but we did not have that human contact and human learning, which was a major drawback because when we discuss with professors, we have such intelligent conversations on what do we do next, what are we expecting. We could not do that. And with international students, they already come in with some kind of experience or some kind of knowledge and they want to learn more about something. For example, in my case, it was sustainability. In somebody's case, it might be flexible packaging or corrugated board. They actually lose, lose doubt on an opportunity. We did have field trips where we used to visit the local supplier, look at the way corrugated board was made, look at the way flexible packaging and shrink sleeve were made which we missed out on actual in-person interaction with the company. So that was one of the major drawback uh, being an international student here. Second, actually getting the co-op and internship experience. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So sometimes when you have experience back in India, it is not similar to an experience in the United States because it's not a global experience that you have. It's local and very specific to India, the markets and the different ideas and designs that you do. And that is something I think all students missed out on because most of the co-ops and internships were remote.
1: Mm. Even
0: though you worked and learned something remote, but you could not actually go down to the manufacturing shop. You could not actually see how the product is being made. That was something we actually missed out on. And third and the most important thing, I think it was for every student not being able to celebrate
1: Holidays
0: with families. Yeah. I mean, yeah. be Thanksgiving, be Christmas, be Diwali, we had like to celebrate it over Zoom. Getting used to the new normal was one of the most difficult things of being a student. I cannot imagine the class of 2020, you know, putting in so much hard work and graduating without an actual graduation program.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so many things that, you know, we certainly took for granted. It's interesting in your, in your answers, uh, which are, which are are phenomenal and, and so well thought out. The, there's the specificity of being a packaging student and having not gone through a packaging school. I had, I had never actually thought about that, the, the access to the lab and packaging is so, uh, hands on and, you know, I, I, so I work for a manufacturer of packaging is my, in my full-time job and people want to, you know, they want to see samples and they want to be on press checks. And it's, it's a very, it's an interactive process of manufacturing and designing packaging, obviously, but packaging also interacts with people. And so to be then disconnected from other people and still have to be working on packaging. Uh, I had never even actually thought about that until you mentioned it, um, but so, so the specificity of this is what it's like as a packaging student. I, I'm I'm assuming that you have a lot of students right now who are listening to this, going, "Yep, yeah, that was the worst. Uh, that's just the worst thing." For, as as a packaging student, but then, you know, to to layer on top of that, the the you know the holidays and the festivals and all of these things that are such a part such a huge part of our life. I think what I hope happens is, you know, by the grace of God, we get out of this soon and we really appreciate that time. When the time is back, you know, we appreciate where I'll give you an example. I used to not like packaging trade shows. I never wanted to go to them. Uh, I, I enjoyed speaking at them from time to time. That was fun. But to sit there in a booth all day long, you know, saying like, here's some labels, here's some flexible packaging here, just it was just like the worst. And and now I'm at a point, I got to a point during the pandemic where I was like, oh, I miss the value of that. Like, I miss the the connection of somebody walking by, a total stranger, and all of a sudden we're striking up a conversation all because of packaging, And I'm like, that's what was valuable about it. That's what I've missed. And uh, and it's weird to say, like, I'm excited to go to a trade show. (laughs) (laughs) because I was always the guy like, no, 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 don't send me. Don't send this person send that person. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'm I'm definitely missing that. So here's kind of a a question that we ask uh, almost everybody who comes on. And I'm excited for your answer. I I think it's going to be just like every other answer you've given, just very articulate, very well thought out. So um they they come the 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 packaging wizardry association which is something i just made up right now hands you <laughs> hands you the 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 magic wand of packaging justice and they say d you can now wave this wand and fix anything you want about the packaging industry anything is just Immediately, there's no processes. There's no government. There's no education. You don't have to tell anybody about anything. You just wave the wand and it's fixed. Um, What's that thing that you would fix about packaging Uh, or a couple of them? I don't want to put a lot of pressure on you, but what's, what's one or a couple of things that you're like, I just wish this would go away and be all done?
0: That's a very interesting question. And if I have a magic wand, I could actually make everything go. You know, give us the superpower to teleport, go back and see what our future generation used to use as packaging, starting from the stone age. You know, how did they transport a lot of things? What did they do? How did they try and become more efficient? That is something I like to learn personally. <laughs> but if I want to change something, I think I think every, I can make every packaging compatible with each other. For example, the glass, metal, I can, flexible packaging, everything can be recycled or crushed and magically it would convert into air and there would be no problem for landfills, no recycling bins, no garbage, no compost, and everything would be green and nice. And there would be no need for planet B actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. So just something simple like teleportation, time travel <laughs> That's a, I, I've never heard somebody say the, the answer about time travel. And the idea of um, of a, of a system where everything just goes through one system, um, I hope is something that my children's generation solves. I don't know that we're going to solve it in my generation. But I don't think we're that far off, honestly. Uh, at least I hope we're not, because it should, be, it should be just as easy to take this can and recycle it as this sealed air mailing shipper that came to me. Why, I, why do I have to be the one to make the decisions on this? Because left to my own devices, it, as, a, as a human individual, I'm probably gonna make the wrong choice. So that's, that's a phenomenal answer. Um, it
0: could be called like, you know, the packaging universal magic recycling machine.
1: That I bet that URL is available. You could probably buy <laughs> the packaging universal recycling machine dot com is probably out there somewhere for you to have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Will it be magical? That's a question. But I think our future generation can solve that. The whole purpose of this is to actually give them ideas that they could think about. And, you know, like sowing tiny seeds right now so that, you know, it gets converted and grows into a big, beautiful tree.
1: That's right. That's so right. Um, well, on on that note, Dee, that's a that's a great place to wrap up our conversation. It's gone by quick. Um so, for all of the uh, potential employers or just people in the packaging industry who heard this interview and they're like, you know, they were just as impressed as I was with uh, with your knowledge and you know just how you think about things. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Is it through LinkedIn, through an email?
0: Uh, LinkedIn will be the best place, and our LinkedIn has my website, which has my contact details.
1: Okay, great, and I'll make sure to put your LinkedIn profile uh, in the show notes so that people can just click on it. Ooh, I just hit the microphone with my head. They can just click that on it. was
0: a strong it. click. Was,
1: <laughs> was it an unintentional sound effect on the podcast? Uh, they can just click on it and head right on over and connect up with you. So, uh, D, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an awesome conversation. It went by really fast, actually, uh, which is always which is always uh, fun for me and. Um, I hope it's been I hope it's been good for you.
0: Thank you so much, Adam. I had the pleasure of being a part of your podcast, and I am super happy. and I feel that we would revisit this after four or five years because some of our answers would actually be a product or a packaging out there in the world.
1: Yep, no, no doubt. Well, thank you, Dee. really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Adam see you had a good time and uh, I just still offer is still there. If you visit India, please visit my parents, please visit my place.
1: All right, I'll do that.